Welcome to Park City Church. You're listening to our weekly message, where we hope you'll be inspired and encouraged to know and follow Jesus and welcome and serve others. Thank you for tuning in. This morning we'll be reading Acts 8, 26 through 40, if you'd like to follow along. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was said, and was returning seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does this prophet say this about himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. This is the word uh, of the Lord. I took uh, one of my children to uh, Matt Ross Community Center. Uh, this was within the last week or two. We went uh, swimming. And the, the pool for children was like bath water warm. So, you know, we made our way into the lap pool, the lap lanes, because there weren't very many people there. And, and we, we had a lot of, of fun. Uh, she, she jumped in. The first thing she wanted to do was she was like, you know, like race, essentially, like swim the length of the pool. So she went all the way down and back, and it was longer and harder, I think, than she had envisioned but then we also noticed a couple lanes over there were people doing like proper swim strokes like like real good they were doing the breaststroke and the butterfly they were doing weird underwater stuff they were like you know just doing all the the things and so naturally we, we started like mimicking them right and uh, I you know I I cannot drown in a pool but I'm not like I don't know all the, the things to do nor does my daughter she's not on a swim team or anything but we were having a blast well, we were having a blast. Initially, she was just sort of fascinated and a little disgusted by the sauna that's adjacent to the pool. Like, what is that? Why are people in there shirtless and sweating? Like, what? It took us a minute to get over that. But then we kind of focused on the swimming. So we started doing, like, strokes. Well, then we started doing, like, the, we were trying to do the butterfly. And both of us were terrible, right? That, that's, isn't that the one where you're, like, both arms out of the water? I looked, just ridic- I looked as ridiculous in the pool as I looked. Now, and it, it was so bad. At one point, we joked. We, you know, I was like, man, we better stop because I'm afraid the lifeguards are going to jump in under the plausible <laughs> assumption that we're uh, drowning. 
And I, I, I hear, uh, as we read our passage this, this morning, it, you know, it, it, features, it features a swim of sorts as, as well, right? As Philip takes this Ethiopian who's sort of exploring what he knows of the faith of Israel and the God of Jesus and uh, leads him into the waters of baptism. And before we get to that moment, or as we approach it, I want to invite you to consider with me maybe our own efforts at swimming. Uh, I think we kind of swim through life, and we try out all kinds of strokes, right? And sometimes we get them right. Frequently, we're just not drowning, right? We, we, we're doing our best to kind of tread water, all the things we may carry. I mean, we're swimming, but we're generally poor, swimmers. We never make it, it's always a little further than we think, right? We never make it quite as far as we expect, and we're never quite as graceful in the water as we think. This, I think, is probably a, an accurate metaphor for much of how life is lived for many of us. And I want us to hold that feeling as we think about the passage this morning. As I did last week, I want to give you just a summary statement of, of sort of the main point of the passage as Will articulated this morning. And it's this, that the good news of Jesus crosses geographical and ethnic distances, bringing joy to those who believe. Right, so if you want like a main idea or you want some chunks to sort of take and think about, look for them in the passage. This uh, is my attempt at a summary of sort of, I think, what is happening in this story. The good news of Jesus is crossing geographical and ethnic distances, bringing joy to those who believe. So I want us to think about how we arrive at that truth in this passage. I think the first thing to consider is just the context of the conversation. Right, like what, what is the context? We, we, we read in the first bit, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise, go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert or deserted place. So he rose and he went. And right off the bat, we're, we're confronted with the geographical distance. Right, that the, the gospel, the news of Jesus, as we've seen in Acts, is spreading, is moving, is going beyond the boundaries and borders. Jesus had said, you know, this thing is going to spill out. We saw it last week in Samaria, and this, in this moment, we see it sort of traversing a great geographical distance to a deserted place, a, a place, Gaza, it's sort of an Old Testament um, history and context, would have been the territory of the Philistines, the enemies of the people of God. Now the good news of Jesus moving in that direction, traversing this distance, crossing geographical sort of miles and, and markers. But, but not just the, the, the sort of geographical distance that's covered. I, I want us to think about the, the characters that are the context of this conversation. The, the first is, you know, the Ethiopian is riding along, right? We're told that he's been to Jerusalem to worship, and uh, we're told that he's reading Isaiah, but we're told that he's an Ethiopian eunuch who served. What, what does Luke tell us? And he, there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in a chariot. 
Just as, again, there's, there's not just geographical distance here. There's ethnic distance between the gospel, the message of Jesus, Philip as a carrier of that message, and this man in the chariot. Um, a, a region, a group, a people group viewed by the Greeks since the time of Homer long before as the edge, the very edge of the civilized world, barbarian perhaps in its uh, s- uh, scope or, or style, the, the, the edge, the furthermost regions of the world. Distance, but, but uh, an Ethiopian uh, eunuch, right? an occupational hazard of anyone who worked in proximity to the royal family. Uh, kept on the outside, different, and uh, even in Israel's history, um, identified as perhaps not able to enter into worship in the same way as the rest of the community. Ethnic difference from a different place, a different region, a different skin color, different distance. And, and then Philip, right? For, you know, Philip, we read about him a few chapters before, um, identified as a, a one who could help take care of widows within the community, maybe a middle-class Jewish man, a, a Greek-speaking Jew, a Hellenist in the story of Acts is the word we use to describe there. There is sort of cultural context at the time, a common prayer uh, among the men of his context in social and religious space would have been, oh, Lord, I thank you that you didn't make me a woman, a slave, or a Gentile. A common prayer. Now, himself being told by the Spirit of God to cover great geographical distance, but also ethnic, as he goes to speak to someone different from him, a Gentile, and take to him the message of Jesus. So, I I think if we think about the context of the conversation, it reads as miraculous and sort of incredible, and all of that is true, Uh, but but one of the miracles uh, of the passage uh, of the conversation is that it happened at all. It's, It's not a conversation that would have just happened. Apart from the direct initiative and intervention of God, this is not a conversation There was too much distance between Philip and the Ethiopian, between the Ethiopian and the faith of of Jesus, the gospel of his life, death, and resurrection, between uh, the Ethiopian and the worship that would have happened in Jerusalem. There was too much distance. It has the flavor, more than the flavor. It is the stuff of divine encounter. This is uh, something supernatural. It, It also says something about the nature, I think, of the Christian Faith and minds smarter than mine have, have 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 given expression to this, but the language is, is is it speaks to sort of the inclusiveness of the Christian faith that it doesn't belong to one race or culture more than any other. And this is not normally how we think of religion and how it works in the world. R- religion is an extension of culture. A culture needs stories to hold its people together, to give it sort of its fear in its center and so out of that need it spins these stories of religion and that is not what happens here in acts alone we'll see the gospel settle into the 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 culture and ethnicity of the samaritans and and the ethiopian and and a jewish pharisee and and a roman jailer we'll we'll see it sort of uh, find its place into all of these cultures and an acknowledgement that that it doesn't belong to any one of them in particular we we've referenced his work before but 
uh, Miroslav Volf, who is uh, an, an ethicist and a theologian who has experienced uh, uh, the, the trauma of, of racial violence in his uh, home uh, in Eastern Europe and uh, writes about, now a professor at Yale writes about the nature of the Christian faith to the various cultures. And he picks up what, what Paul will write later in the New Testament about what, it, what, what is the Christian faith, what is its relationship to all of these different spaces. And, and he describes it like this. He says that Paul, Paul, what he did was he deprived every culture of ultimacy in order to give them all legitimacy at, in the wider family of cultures. It is to say, right, it is to say that, that he says that namely Christians, there's something unique about the Christian faith, that whether you're a Jew or a Gentile, black or white, male or female, slave or free, you're given a new identity that transcends uh, uh, old cultural allegiances, but at the same time preserves and protects cultural locations, allows him to be an Ethiopian and still know the faith of Jesus, allows him to hold the ethnicity of his home and, and the culture in which he's from. So the, you see it in the world as Christianity has grown. It's able, this sort of unique relationship to all these various cultures. We see hints of it here in this interaction between Philip and the Ethiopian. It's not Western. It's not white. It's not European. We see that the, the, the relationship of the Christian faith it's God covering all of the distance, even our own, to bring us close to the good news of Jesus. There's distance all over the passage between Philip and the Ethiopian, between the Ethiopian and Jerusalem, cultural, ethnic, religious, all sorts of gaps here that even with their best sort of swimming couldn't get there. Even with their best strokes couldn't close that distance, but God, context of this conversation, God closed that gap. Not, not just the context, right, but also the, the content of the conversation. So if the context sort of pulls us into this story of the gospel, that it closes all of these kinds of distances, it's inclusive of, of cultures, it doesn't override them, but creates a new sort of allegiance, there is now this moment, the content of the conversation, Listen to what uh, he continues to tell us, Luke, in verse 29. The spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him. Again, I don't know. Is he still moving? Is Philip like, all right, all right. What, what, what? Do you understand? What, what, you know, I, I don't know. Is he like, you, I, he jump up on the edge? He's like, hey, and the guy, I, I have no idea, right? It, you know, anyway, this is too much imagination, I think. Uh, okay. I'm picturing, well, anyway. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's move on. Uh, so he runs, runs to him, and he hears him reading Isaiah, the prophet. And he asks him, do you, under, do you understand what you're reading? And, and the guy, the Ethiopian says, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come and sit with him. Now the passage, now, now hear this, the content of the message of this conversation. Now the passage of scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. This is from Isaiah. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. He who can describe his generation for his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch says to Philip, about whom, I ask you, does this prophet speak? Is it about himself or 
someone else. And Philip, in this beautiful moment, opens his mouth, we're told, which is an interesting detail. Right? He opens his mouth. I don't know, was he like, oh, <laughs> uh, and begins to tell him, let me tell you, it's someone else entirely. And tells him the good news about Jesus. So he's reading Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 53. A passage that Luke uh, it lives in his soul and imagination. He references this passage and its context in other spaces and places that he writes elsewhere in Acts and in his gospel in Luke. He'll reference this collection, this section of Isaiah. And in this section of Isaiah, of which what we've read is just a small part, we're introduced to a figure known as the suffering servant. In Isaiah, we're, we're introduced to one who, who sort of shows up in the writings of Isaiah as, as a substitute for the nation of Israel, right? That the people of God have gotten it wrong time and again and tried their best to swim the best stroke to really sort of make it work and had repeatedly fallen short and are in exile, so much brokenness and, and treading water, just sort of staying afloat as best they could, but repeatedly falling short. And in this passage of this section of Isaiah, we're introduced to one who would come in, in their place, their substitute, do what Israel could not be, the suffering servant, not what they would have expected, laying his life down on behalf of his people. And in this moment, Philip climbs into this chariot and says, buddy, let me tell you who this is about. The good news of Jesus. And in this moment, if, if culturally we're sort of brought into sort of the inclusive nature of the Christian faith, here we're confronted with its exclusivity. So on the one hand, we're challenged. It's not, it doesn't have to look like us, sound like us, sort of be like us. But now we're, we're, we're challenged with its exclusivity. It's the message, Philip says, of Jesus. Not what does this passage mean to you. Not sort of, well, let me help you land on some meaning here very clearly and definitively. He says, this is the good news of Jesus. And in the context of Isaiah specifically, that he is our substitute. All of our swimming, the nation of Israel's history of swimming and failing, yours, all of that, he says, finds now life in the work of Jesus. I, I try to think about what this might look like, how it might relate to your life and, and mine. I, I don't know. I think sometimes, like, we think we're pretty good swimmers, right? Like, if I just have good work ethic, Right? I just work hard. I'll be a better person. Uh, it does a couple of things. It lets me feel like I'm in control in a way that is probably not entirely true. It also lets me look down on others, right? If, if other people aren't getting it, well, you know, they need to work harder. Um, it sort of cuts a couple of different directions here. And to hear a message like this, that the righteousness of the people of Israel was always falling short, but there is one who has stepped in in their place and in yours as well, Philip says. It's both sort of freeing and like challenging. You, you could play that scenario. Maybe it's not hard work for you. Whatever that sort of picture of fulfillment, of righteousness is, that you are enough, whatever sort of ticks those boxes for you, Philip says actually all of those things leave us short. We're in need of a, a substitute. His name is Jesus. 
And when we make that confession, we no longer have a leg to stand on, to look down on other cultures or classes of people or prop ourselves up in our own sort of sense of accomplishment. All of those things go by the way. I was, uh, I was, recently, uh, I was recently introduced to the sport of death diving. Yes, anyone? Have you guys seen this? Yeah, I know. The look on your face is appropriate because it's as crazy as it sounds, right? People jump from like terribly high heights. You can watch it. It's a thing. They win awards and get judged, right? They they jump. Uh, Just let me read you the Wikipedia definition because it made me smile, all right? Death diving is a form of extreme freestyle diving from heights, jumping with stretched arms and belly first, landing in a cannonball or a shrimp position, all right? 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 So, so you, you get the idea. You jump from a ridiculously high height. You try to maintain essentially a belly flop for as long as you can. Right? I mean, there's like variations, but the idea is like how long are you, you willing to hold that position? And then right before you strike the water, they like fold into a, a shrimp position. Right? I've already done the butterfly, so just let me up. Uh, right? Right? And that's how you hit the water. I know it sounds, it's as ridiculous as it, it sounds, right? But, but I think, all right, I think, I think this is pr- pretty much us, right? Like we, we think we're, we, our righteousness is enough, but we, I mean, let's be honest. We are kind of, some, if you watch them, sometimes they'll like do weird sort of things in the air and then assume the position. I mean, that's us. We're just kind of flailing through the air. We have the illusion of control. We think we sort of know. We got it together. And, and, and you know, at, at best, we're like flailing through the air and then shrimpy at the landing, right? Like at, at our most vulnerable moments, our moments of exposure, when, when we see ourselves or perhaps someone else sees us to our heart and all of its brokenness, when we're seen uh, in, in the griefs that we carry and in, in the struggle that we carry, sort of exposed in, in all of those sort of raw places of humanity. We're just flailing through the air and a little shrimpy at the landing. But Philip says to this eunuch and to you and me, in taking us to the suffering servant in Isaiah, to Jesus on the cross, we're brought to sort of the uncomfortable truth that the gospel doesn't begin with our struggle to be better. Instead, it's a confession that we are weak that this is us. I'm just flailing through the air. And occasionally I might stick the landing, but there's not much graceful about a shrimp position. I mean, really, just the description alone, it's like, Where where does all of this take us? The, The context of the conversation is God closes the distance. The content as he draws our eyes to Jesus, who is our substitute, who who reveals to us all the ways we fall short, but then steps in in all of our sort of frantic swimming and and, and, and says, let let me, let, let me. Where does this leave us? Listen to how the story ends. As they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? What a beautiful question. He's hearing the story of Jesus. Philip has apparently talked about baptism, right? Like, uh, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? If I could take you back to that, like, uh, the, the diving uh, the, the New York Times does this thing called like Opdocs, where, where sort of uh, in, independent filmmakers will do these short films. And there's one called the 10 Meter Tower. 
And uh, you can go and look at it, but it's just, there's no like, there's no voiceover, there's no narration. It's just cameras set up as people come to the, the 10 meter platform for diving. And yeah, exactly. And it just captures their like struggle over whether or not to jump. It's, it's, it was like sort of fascinating viewing that, you know, that all the things you might think, body language, like, you know, sometimes they're in pairs and they're like, negotiating, rationalizing, you go, I'll go, you go, I don't want you behind me, you go down, right? Like, it's just fascinating, and they'll come up, and they'll walk back. One, one moment, the guy comes to the edge, and then the camera cuts away, and it shows him the whole time backing down the ladder all the way down, right? Like, that guy, you're just like, that wouldn't be me, but no, that would totally be me, right? It's fascinating, listening, watching. Occasionally, they'll jump. Some sort of just like walk off the end, some, you know, like, you know, and then they go, and then it finishes with sort of a beautiful, someone obviously knows what they're doing. They've been there before. I, I wonder if sort of as you come to the platform of the gospel, that Jesus is your substitute, that your righteousness is not in, enough, that there is a distance there that you cannot cover. I wonder sometimes if it's like walking to the edge of that platform, and, and it, it's, it's uncomfortable because it means a kind of surrender, a confession, and admission. But, but Philip and this Ethiopian, he's like, well, here's water. Here's water. Why, why can't I jump in here? I would say to you, Jesus does the same thing to you, whatever your relationship to faith However, you may sort of keep it at a comfortable distance or maybe feel some discomfort over surrendering in this kind of way. Jesus says, I will close the distance. What's to keep you from jumping in? So the eunuch commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down to the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more. And then this beautiful, beautiful detail and he went on his way rejoicing. Philip's going to continue taking the message of hope to the various places that the Lord will send him. But this Ethiopian will return home. He'll go on his way back to the culture he's from. He'll cover the distance he's covered to get there. But he'll be different. He'll go this time with the hope of the gospel, the work of Jesus on his behalf, joy and rejoicing. God has closed the distance. He had traveled thousands of miles and probably got to the temple in Jerusalem and as a eunuch was prohibited from worshiping in a, a way that he maybe had wanted to. And yet God in his grace and Jesus has covered all that distance. Here is water. Be baptized. A few chapters later in Isaiah, that same context of the suffering servant, listen to what God says to people like that Ethiopian. Let no foreigner who is bound to the Lord say, the Lord will surely exclude me from his people. And then he says this, let no eunuch complain, I am only a dry tree. God says of that person who has been on the outside and at a distance, I will give them an everlasting name that will endure forever. You're swimming, 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 trying, trying, trying to be enough, trying to close the distance. We think Jesus says, let me show you the way to be better. Let me show you the way to God. Let me show you the way to life. Here's how you can do it and swim that distance. But that's not what Jesus says. That's, that's not what Jesus says. As our substitute, he says, I am the way and the life, and I will come to you. 
I will come to, to you. What's this mean for you and me as we close this morning? I, I think it means confessing that we're just, we're just bad swimmers, right? That all of that effort to tread water, to stay afloat, to cover the distance, oof. Before Penny and I, oh, it was Penny. I hadn't said her name yet. <laughs> uh, they're getting older now. I was just telling Jess, I don't tell as many stories about the kids because they're like, they know things now. But, uh, and then you guys go and tell them, so I can't like say all the stuff. But uh, it was Penny, it was Penny. Uh, before we went to the lap lane, we started off at the community pool, uh, uh, sort of uh, the outdoor, the last one open for the season. It was a Saturday, uh, the hours were limited. As you can imagine, it's been hot, right? Everyone was there. All of a, it was like just, every, you're just kind of standing around. But through the middle of the pool, there's a lap lane. You have the two ropes. You can swim back and forth. No one honors the ropes, right? When it's that crowded, it's, it's just people everywhere. But we got there, and I was like, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to get in this pool and swim some laps and make everyone that is here get out of the pool to get from one side of the pool to the other, right? I'm going to be that guy. And I did it proudly for a few moments, but I kept running into people, right? <laughs> Full, head on, r running. In, like I hit one, like we hit. I don't know what that kid was doing, but uh, he's okay. And, uh, but but I, I, we were in there, and it struck me as I was in the pool. Because it's that kind of pool, there's no stripe on the bottom, right? This, this, so it's just, you're just kind of swimming. And uh, I used to be like, I'm not really a swimmer. I've like played around with it, and it's been, I was just like, you know. But I, the, the absence of the stripe I found quite challenging. One, my depth perception was off. The, the floor was just a little off, like I felt a little dizzy, right? Like I just sort of looking down. But more importantly, because I, I, I wasn't looking up, I didn't, I, I hit the wall a few times, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, I know, right? Because I didn't know I was at the end of the lane, and you're like, oh, now, I'm, now I knew, right? I was here, except for when I hit kids in the lane, and then I stood up to look around. But what I, what I found was without the sort of stripe on the bottom, uh, it was harder to judge distance and depth. I swam, you know, I was just kind of I hit the ropes. I was like all, just all over the lane, and it never occurred to me how much I relied on the help of that just sort of simple stripe and its T at the bottom of the pool. It's because I'm a bad swimmer. But the gospel says to me, that's okay. Because Jesus is not. And he is my substitute and yours. And he says to you and me, why don't you hop on into the waters of baptism, into new life? Doesn't say, let me show you the way. He says, I am the way. I have crossed the distance. This is the good news of Jesus, that he crosses not only geographical and ethnic distances, but all of them, bringing joy to those who believe. It's what Isaiah was anticipating, a substitute who would one day, who would come and who would do what Israel could not and what you and I could not. We don't have a river here. I can't say to you, look, there is water. What's to keep you from jumping in? I can't say, though, we can set one up real fast, and it's real easier than I thought it would be. And if you're here, you know, we look like home folks here, but if you're like, I've never been baptized, it's something I've thought about, or maybe you've never thought about it, but now you're thinking about faith with Jesus and what that might look like. The story of baptism has, has resonated with you. I want to talk to you. We'll, we'll fill a tub up right here, and then I'll say, look, there's water. What's to stop you from being baptized?
but to all of us. So if that's you, talk to me or text, I don't know, text baptism to the number on the screen. You can do that too, and I'll talk to you. But to all of us, the invitation is the same as it was to that Ethiopian eunuch on the road that day doing the best he could to understand what he could. It's simply to trust Jesus. I don't know what your sort of swim life has been like. I don't know what the present state of your heart and life are this morning. Maybe you are here and you are feeling good, man. You are crushing those lanes right now. You're just like, I'm even doing a little fancy spin turn at the end. I got this, right? Maybe that's you. That's great. But you can't sustain that on your own. But maybe you're here and you're, you're doing, you're just treading all of the effort in your life is just to sort of keep your head up as best as you can to all of us. Jesus says, I am the substitute. All of the righteousness in your life, its best expression and its worst, is caught up in what I have done for you. Come on in. Let me do the work for you. Why don't you guys? Thank you for listening to the Park City Church Podcast. To learn more about our church and or to find ways to get involved in our community, visit us at parkcitykc.com or follow us on social media at parkcitykc.com.